Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Welcome to Pathways to Rural Prosperity. I'm Shelly Pash, business specialist and ecosystem builder for Kansas Main Street. I've been in the field of ecosystem building for 14 years, and once again, I'm privileged to introduce Don Mackey with E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems, hosted by Network Kansas. Well, good morning, uh, Shelly. Glad to be with you again. And and again, while we miss that you're, you know, <laughs> kind of sad that you're leaving Network Kansas, we're so happy for you with joining Kansas Main Street. And we're delighted that Kansas Main Street is coming back. For You've sure. got a long history in that field of work. Congratulations and best wishes. Thank you so, so much. And I'm glad that it's, you know, it's the same field of things and there's going to be a lot of overlapping between Network Kansas and Kansas Main Street. And I was at a local Main Street for seven years. I used to like to say 49 years because it was like in dog years, right? <laughs> it was a lot. It's a lot. So now I'm I am absolutely honored to be part of Kansas Main Street on the state level and work again closely with Network Kansas and the communities across the state. So Let me introduce you, since you've worked in this field of community economic development throughout North America for 40 years, with the deepening focus on entrepreneur-led economic development. So again, welcome to you, sir. You bet. Happy to have our conversation today. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. In your writing, so we're talking about metrics, stories, and sustainability on entrepreneurial ecosystem building. And I love that you give me some of the information ahead of time so I can read up on it and see what's there. And so in some of your writings, you actually highlight the challenge of sustainable community support for entrepreneurial ecosystem building and the operation of it. So I know that it may mean social commitment being established with enough resources, but what is the connection between metrics and stories with initiative sustainability? I think part of it is, this is one of the most difficult challenges we face, is how do we fund at a community, at a regional, at a state level, entrepreneurial ecosystem building and operation? It's just really hard. And I think it's holding the whole field back and preventing the kind of development impacts that we could really have. And so when we think about it, this is something that as a community, as a region, as a state, as they get into entrepreneurial development, I think it should be one of the agenda items. And what we found is the reason people go down this road is they want to create the kinds of community economic development impacts that they've always wanted to create. More investment, jobs, Mm -hmm. a better business community, local tax base. I mean, those have been the things that have motivated us for at least my entire career. And what we have found is that 
the ability of a community to stay with entrepreneurship really is rooted in a commitment to capturing the metrics and the stories Mm -hmm. uh, that demonstrate two things. One, that this strategy is creating those kinds of outcomes that communities want, like jobs, better jobs. Mm -hmm. And two, how the ecosystem is actually contributing to those outcomes. Because oftentimes an entrepreneur may do something amazing. And unless that testimonial is captured or that story is captured where that entrepreneur gives first voice to how the ecosystem helped them build a relationship with a banker or secure some gap financing or that millions cup event that they went to that the ecosystem made possible. It's really easy to say, well, yeah, you guys are doing all this interesting stuff, mm-hmm. But no, it it doesn't connect with (laughs) what the entrepreneurs are doing. But if a little bit of intentionality around collecting those metrics and stories and sharing them back with stakeholders in the community can allow us to begin to cement that the ecosystem really does contribute in powerful ways to these economic development outcomes, that translates to community commitment, community funding, and sustainability. I couldn't agree more. So I know with Main Street for a while, and I'm not quite sure if they are still the only organization that tracks the volunteer hours, the rehabilitation dollars that funded for historic preservation, private and public reinvestment. I remember doing this 10 years ago and making sure that we have the facade renovations, the new business openings, buildings sold, relocating, however it looks, you know, relocating or expanding to downtown. So those were metrics that we were always pretty proud of to have, to be able to, you know, we were always like, go out, tout about it, talk about it in your community. Oftentimes, we've got some very business-oriented people in our communities that can make or break an initiative. And oftentimes, the topic of ROI, return on investment is raised. What's the ROI for this? And Mm -hmm. while I kind of resist the fact that this is more complicated than the ROI with a specific business, amount of money invested, how much sales and profits do you make? I mean, that's a pretty straightforward set of mathematics. But at the same time, by having strong metrics, strong stories, and how it connects to the ecosystem work, you can generate a form of ROI documentation that says, if you continue to invest, if you expand your investment so we can do more work, here's the kind of outcomes that we're able to contribute to. And that's hugely important so that this isn't one grant and then we're done. Right. Because this is a 24-7, 365 forever piece of work. So this is why it's so hugely important and it can't be an afterthought. It has to be woven into the strategy, I think, from day one. I couldn't agree more. There are so many things. I'll get to my questions though. I stopped by trying to jump in and, and say the things. So within the E2 development framework, you have a developed set of progress metrics that are part of your E2 scorecards. So talk about the metrics framework and maybe share some of the metrics from the scorecards, maybe goals, objectives, tracking progress, whatever that looks like. Yeah, this is a form of ROI. And there's two sets of learnings that really have shaped these scorecards and their use in the field. One comes out of the work of Mylon Wall with the Heartland Center for Leadership Development. 
and his hierarchy of community impacts. And we've used that framework for a long time. We've got some writing on this that we can sure sh- that we'll be sharing with our audience. But it kind of takes you through the process, outputs, and outcomes of getting organized, doing assessment, defining what you're going to try to do with your entrepreneurship strategy to those kind of powerful outcomes that you're now beginning to help businesses make investment, create jobs, generate tax base to those level five impacts of transformative change where you're now raising personal income in the community. You've Mm -hmm. got a broader and more diverse tax base, those kinds of things. So that's one set of learning that we've embedded in the scorecard. The second is the actual scorecards were first developed with Harry Watts and uh, Wally Kearns, who was one of the uh, founders of Network Kansas. Uh, Harry was with the Kansas Farm Bureau and the early work with Kansas Hometown Prosperity. And what we wanted was a simple tool that communities could use to create, uh, if you will, not only a roadmap, but then a way to chart progress. And the idea was to get these key outputs and outcomes on the front and back of one page of paper using the hierarchy structure. And uh, during those years, it was fun when we would go into Kansas communities, we would always say, you know, update your scorecard. And we'd come in and sit down with the community's E-team, which kind of predated Network Kansas, but then got picked up when Network Kansas started working with their entrepreneurial communities, which you've had a lot of experience with. And, um, you know, they would have filled out their scorecard of where they were at. And we found that to be really important because it gave folks a sense of their direction, but also their progress. And when the city council would say it's time to renew funding, they could take that scorecard and go back and say, here's where we're at. Here's the accomplishments that we've helped empower. And it would just prove to be a very powerful tool because I think one of the things that's hard is when this is so complicated, when we make metrics and story capture too complicated, communities don't have the bandwidth to do it. So we needed a system for that. And the scorecard became our mechanism for doing it. And we talked about it before, emphasizing your story capture and sharing. And I know Kansas Main Street and Network Kansas we persistently encourage communities to emphasize and publicize success stories and not get caught up in the undesirable exchange that can often happen in communities. And, you know, we want to lift up those entrepreneurs, those business owners, and tout those stories first and foremost. Talk a little bit about this ecosystem element and share some story examples for us. Well, I think, first of all, these don't have to be academic case studies. Um, now, those are great, and they have their place. If you look at Del Gines' uh, from the Kansas City Fed's dissertation mm-hmm. on Network Kansas, I mean, it's nearly 300 pages, and the <laughs> citations go on and on. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, but that <laughs> was an academic lot. PhD yes. dissertation. I think oftentimes uh, we can be really innovative. Uh, you know, some communities work with their newspaper. 
and their radio station. And every time an entrepreneur does something, they generate a picture and a story that goes in the paper, and then they they begin to collect those. And and in that story, you know, the lead story is about the entrepreneur and what they've done. And that's that's the correct. They should be the lead story. And and, and it could be as simple as a facade improvement or buying mm-hmm. some equipment or hiring another employee or as exciting as a company that is expanding into a new market and adding a bunch of jobs. But in that story, which can be you know, a short journalistic kind of story. The backstory is that entrepreneur talking about how the ecosystem helped them, uh, how that local economic developer or that entrepreneurial team helped them build a relationship with a bank or some investors or found a unique resource. You know, maybe they're doing a food processing product Mm -hmm. and they needed help with packaging and labeling and making sure that they legally do that right. That becomes really important because again, it brings it full cycle and shows the power of the ecosystem working with entrepreneurs to help them realize their dreams. And so I think we can be really creative, but again, it takes a discipline to say there's a right moment when we Mm -hmm. have really helped that entrepreneur and they are more than willing to make that connection. And when you can, working with local media to get that down in Mm -hmm. newsprint, I mean... It's old and, technology, but those right. handouts of those uh, news articles from the local paper, uh, let alone maybe one that makes the statewide newspaper, is really important. And you can also do this with local radio. And I know you've got experience with that, where most local radio stations have some kind of local programming. And these stories can be captured through local radio that gets them out through the community as people are, you know, whether they're farming the fields or they're working in their business and they're listening to the radio, they go, gosh, look at how this helped somebody I know. Maybe I should reach out and get some help because there's something I want to do. And sometimes, you know, if you don't have a local radio station or local media outlet, newspaper, whatever, go a little bit beyond that. Just go to the next neighboring town or or even further. And that's where you can get the story capture to come back in. People start hearing it outside and a little bit further. And they're like, hey, wait a minute, what's going on in that town? So we had a facade improvement program in Southeast Kansas. And it was great. We had about four facade projects going on. And there was one guy, I love this story. There was one guy that came out and he's kind of looking around and he's like, I, I'm not quite sure what's going on. So he gets out a ladder and he starts working on the facade of his building and he's painting. And one of our other business owners that happened to be on our board of directors at the time came in. And <laughs> she was like, so what are you doing? And this was one of those people that, you know, you would never see doing anything with their building. And he said, well, I started looking around and I figured that I really needed to start doing something. I didn't know what was going on and I thought I'd get in trouble. And I'm like, that is the best. That's a great domino effect that actually shows that. So it was pretty cool to see people doing what they wanted to continue doing and cause and effect, right? So it goes into, yeah, it goes into my next question for you. E2's story capture approach that you emphasize the importance of the entrepreneur, as you've said before, and their venture progress as the lead focus, and then how ecosystem helped them achieve this progress and impact. Talk more about how communities can use that right timed testimonials to capture this linkage. 
Yeah, I've touched on it a little bit, but let me illustrate it. As you know, and we've talked about this on other podcasts, our amazing story capture with Ord, Nebraska. And Gina and Tana Hackle have a local construction company. And so this is a family-owned business. And they have really grown personally. They've grown as a husband and wife business team. And their company has grown dramatically. As David Iaquinta was capturing their story, and subsequently we've done some podcasts with them and some webinars with them, and so they've had a chance to tell their story and their journey multiple times. Clearly, it's their story, and it's remarkable about the progress and the success that they've made, how they have bonded as a couple and really grown in their ability to recognize that the people who work for them are foundational to the success of their construction business. So they've kind of pivoted from this idea that I'm looking for a skilled person who can do concrete, which they still need, but I also want somebody who has the skills to lead a concrete crew and is comfortable and feels like they can do that. So they talk about how they connected with Ord's Sinovation Valley Leadership Academy. And not only have both of them gone through it, but they provide the funding for the academy to work with all of their employees, but also all of their employees' spouses, if there is a spouse or significant other. And what they felt that has done is it's empowered their team to be much more effective in this venture. So that story is just so rich in talking about how one aspect of the entrepreneurial ecosystem has helped them become much greater entrepreneurs. I love the fact that your dog is paying attention to our podcast this morning. Uh, uh. He's very interested. <laughs> yeah. He's very interested. Yeah, He's um, like, I heard my name. I heard my name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't yeah. bring enough treats with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and then as the story goes on, they've benefited from technical assistance. They benefited from capital access. And they've now become remarkable leaders in the community. And so that story is so powerful because what it does is it tells other entrepreneurs, this is how this community can help you. This is how you can get back to your community and why you should do this. And that becomes a powerful, positive change agent in a community that takes us from simply a transactional assistance like providing capital that's important to a cultural shift. And for people in the community now, it demonstrates their investments in things like the Leadership Academy, Quality of Life, their loan program. These are making a difference as shared through, in this case, a five-page story that Gina and Tanner have shared. And again, they were willing to do that because they really believed that the community has made a difference in their ability to be successful personally and in their business and as members of the community. Those are certainly the people that you want to clone in the community, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is there's dozens and dozens of these yeah. folks now in this community because they are at scale and they just, there's more stories than we have the capacity to capture. Mm -hmm. But in each of them, these folks talk about how the community and its ecosystem 
has helped them realize their dreams and what's that's meant for the success of the community itself. Well, I appreciate your insight and your stories for sure. We'll wrap it up and share with the listeners and my dog (laughs) where we can find you and some more information about this. Well, let me talk a little bit about some general resources that are always available. And it's really been fun. We've seen such a massive uptick in interest nationally in in the resources, particularly since we've made some proprietary resources public. The first stop is to always go to our website, energizingentrepreneurs.org. You can find everything there. Uh, Ann Chafin, who is our communications director, does an amazing job of making that. Oh my gosh, she does. Information (laughs) accessible. She is good. On there, if you're interested, you can join what we call our E2 National Practitioners Network and access all of our E2 university resources. This is soup to nuts. It's the complete package on if you want to grow an entrepreneurial ecosystem, the resources are there for that. And soon we'll begin to create some networking opportunities within this practitioners network. There's, of course, our monthly electronic newsletter, easy to subscribe, easy to unsubscribe, but that's where you're going to find out what the newest uh, information is, uh, new content that we've either found that we think is really valuable or that we've generated through our network. And then finally, of course, Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Specific to this topic of metrics and stories and sustainability, uh, we have three resources that we're going to make available. Our general E2 University Resources Guide that kind of helps you understand how this particular resource fits in the broader E2 development network. We have a specific guide on metrics, stories, and sustainability that kind of goes into greater depth of what we've been talking about today. And then finally, Mylon Wall's paper that we have evolved around the hierarchy of community impacts that I think really provides a great structure. And of course, the scorecards are in both of these. And so folks can get a sense of actually looking at a real scorecard. What are the metrics that we are tracking? Practical stuff that you can use in your corner of rural America. So those are some of the the resources that we'll be making available when this podcast is made public. And dropped just like the mic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your insight and, and all the places that everybody can reach you. And I, again, it's always my pleasure to chat with you. You bet, Shelly. appreciate it. And we are delighted, even with your employment change, that you're going to continue to host some of our podcasts. So thank you for that commitment. Uh, it's always fun to work with you and take care. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Don. You bet. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Mm-hmm.